I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Good morning. We are doing our daily Bible study. Mm -hmm. And we are in Luke chapter 11, verse 29. And the section is called The Sign of Jonah. As the crowds increased, Jesus said, This is a wicked generation. It asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The, the Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now one greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. This is a confusing section to me. <laughs> what parts are confusing? Um, okay, so last time we were talking about... Jesus was teaching about prayer. Mm -hmm. And then the last section, 14, Jesus was driving on a demon that was mute. Mm -hmm. So those two aren't necessarily connected. Those could be like separate because 11 starts with one day Jesus was praying. Yeah. And then 14 says Jesus was driving on a demon. That doesn't necessarily mean that happened the same day, but then here... No, but these are all signs. Right. Well, I think that today's is connected to the demon one because he goes on this long thing we talked about last time about demons um, coming into unguarded hearts. Mm -hmm. And then it says, As Jesus was saying these things, a woman called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth. He replied, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. <clears throat> Today, as the crowds increased. So this is, the crowds are increasing because he just drove out a demon. Right? Well, that and he's doing all these signs. Right. It's just, he's but, healing people, he's helping people, and some people are coming to be healed, other people are coming to see people be healed. Right. But... I thought when we wrapped up the last one, last study, verse 27, when the woman yells, blessed is the mother who gave mm. you birth and nursed you, that was a sign of faith, or is that not a sign of faith? Did she yell that? Mm. I mean, I it seems like there's people there who do believe, so... It's yeah, I think so she's just surprising that he says this is a wicked generation. It asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it. But he does keep doing all these signs, mm -hmm. and the people do have faith. So it's right. just the part that confuses me. So it's not everyone in the generation. Um, I think I've mentioned this that along with the disciples that are there and the people that do believe. There's also anti-disciples that are there that are following Jesus around and provoking him, just mm -hmm. trying to get him to make a mistake yeah. so they can 
turn people against him. Uh, so I think those are the people he's more addressing. It's the people that keep saying, what sign will you show us that you really are the son of God? Or the people that come there and say, okay, I heard this guy, I believe this guy, what he's saying makes sense, but I need to see him do one more sign, even though I've seen 26 different things that he's done. Okay. Or whatever number. So then the sign of Jonah is just him calling them to repentance? There's, well, there's a, I mean, it ties it in a lot here. The sign of Jonah, in the story of Jonah, Jared is, he's walking through the towns and he yells 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. And the whole town repented. Right. Which is incredible. Yes. That Nineveh, this capital city, very large city, was changed. And he's saying that those people, the Ninevites, who were such wicked enemies of Israel that Jonah would rather run away from God than go uh, do his work. They're going to be the ones on Judgment Day saying to the Jewish people, you had Jesus right in front of you and you didn't listen. We listened to Jonah and you didn't even listen to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So... For as Jonah was a sign of the Ninevites, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. Mm-hmm. So, like, you mean... Because what was his... That's me- just kind of weird. Just, I don't know. His so message like, was the kingdom Jonah of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Right. So, and it's not just... Jonah is not just... It just sounds a little, to me, like, I don't know, belittling Jesus to compare him to Jonah. Because Jonah was just a man who, who mm-hmm. prophesied... And call people to repentance, and he's, yeah, I mean, he's calling well, people Jesus to repentance. Well, Jesus is much greater. But so he's Jonah, not just, like, there to tell them to come to repentance. He's also there to save them, mm-hmm. which Jonah didn't do. But he did it unwillingly, or begrudgingly. Jonah. Jonah did. Right. And his message was just delivering a message that God gave to him. And now you have Jesus, who's not just saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near. On top of that, his teaching is the greatest teaching that they've ever heard, greater than even Solomon. So the people that are going to... Sorry to interrupt you, but I feel like you're just making my point. Like, Jesus is not like Jonah. And this Bible passage is saying he is like Jonah. No, it's saying he's much greater than Jonah. Oh. It's saying... For as Jonah was a sign, so also the Son of Man will be. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Both of them are signs, but which would be a greater sign? Having Jonah say, 40 days in this town will be destroyed, or having Jesus be around you for three years, saying, repent and believe the good news, the kingdom of God is near. I thought it was like drawing a parallel like just like Jonah did this stuff Jesus is going to do this too like they're equal or similar or something they're similar in the fact that they're pronouncing that you need to repent and be saved okay and I 
I don't think this is the place. I think it's maybe in Mark when he talks about just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so the Son of Man for three yeah, days. No, it's not mentioned right here. It's not mentioned here. No. But, yeah, it's Jonah had a good message, or Jonah proclaimed the message of the Lord. Jesus proclaims the message of the Lord. Um, but the people of Nineveh believed you did not. And the person that's delivering the message to you is not just someone that's a prophet. He is a teacher greater than any prophet that you ever had. Mm -hmm. And the enemies of Israel, Egypt and Nineveh, believed and you did not. So, the so it's queen really of the just south, a, that's from that's, Egypt? Yeah, that's the queen of Sheba, who mm -hmm. came to Solomon to learn not just about... God, but about, I think, biology and botany was the reason that she was coming to listen to him about animals and plants. So when it says, Queen of Sheba will rise with the judgment with the men of the generation and condemn them. So she's gonna, is saying like, in the end, she'll say like, why didn't you guys listen to Jesus? Mm-hmm. I think the Queen of the South also is referenced maybe in Revelation as a, a term for the devil. Mm, I thought or, that at or first, some, but some I don't sort know. of evil. Well, this is definitely referring to the Queen of Sheba, the Queen of Egypt coming to Solomon to learn. Mm -hmm. And again, it's Nineveh and yeah. Egypt. And both of them were. Right. Enemies. So saying, Queen of Sheba will condemn them. The men of Nineveh will condemn them. Because, yeah, they repented at the preaching of Jonah and now one the greater than Jonah is here. So it's saying, like, wow, you guys didn't listen to God? Like, mm -hmm. these generations or these people, or the people of the past of these different areas yeah. will will be, like, surprised that you didn't believe Jesus. Because what sign did Jonah perform? Right. Nothing. Okay. What sign did Solomon perform? He was wise. a little bit to No, it is. This. It's a, it's, it's something that I've I've kind of gone over quickly a lot of times and I think digging in here is helpful. Cuz so, I I don't yeah. think I recognize the parallelism between Nineveh and Egypt. Right. Okay. All right, verse 33, next section. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are bad, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be completely lighted as when the light of a lamp shines on you. So just be like full of faith. Yeah. This is something that I'm, I don't know if there's a footnote on this, but I don't know if this is talking, when it talks about your light or your eyes being 
the light if it's what your eyes are focused on, like what your eyes are seeing, or if it's like referencing um, you know, if someone is living a lifestyle of sin and guilt and shame and you know you can see it in people's eyes a lot of times their emotions how they're feeling Hmm. but that doesn't really tie into what this is actually Hmm. talking about here the note just says um jesus had publicly exhibited the light of the gospel for all to see but the jews requested more spectacular signs. The problem was not with any failure on Jesus' part in giving light. It was with the faulty vision of the Jews. Hmm. So you need light in order to see. Mm-hmm. But they are refusing to see. Yeah, like if you... I mean, I'm not a ophthalmologist or anything you know <laughs> but if you have vision problems or blindness you can't see <laughs> was that profound wait <laughs> are you sure you're not an ophthalmologist the light is still in the room and it's still bouncing off of all the objects but your eyes and your whatever corneas and discs and other discs, yeah, cups rods, and discs, rods, rods cones. cones. I don't think it's cups and discs. <laughs> I think that sounds cones like and a. Discs. You go in frisbee golfing or something. C and D or something. That's what the glaucoma guy said to me. Anyway, um, you aren't perceiving the light. The light is still there. It's just not registering with your eyes. It's not that it's dark. Well, it's I think just if you you would see it would be dark because your eyes aren't working. There's still light in the room and other people can see, but you can't see. Well, especially if what eyes. they're trying to do is they're trying to hide Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying to suppress him and kick him out of towns and make him go to these obscure places and and that's really what they're doing Mm -hmm. they're not if these leaders of the Jews really were believers in Christ you know every time Jesus came to Jerusalem they'd be announcing everyone hey everyone come you know the Lord is here let's worship him and listen to him Mm-hmm. That's clearly not happening. But yeah, the yeah, just be full of light and no, no darkness, no like doubts or unbelief, and mm-hmm. then you'll be lighted, and you'll be then reflecting that light to others too. Yeah, but that's. like don't have doubts or unbelief that's impossible 
Well, you can't I mean, for be, you to do. It says, do you mean me specifically or no, generally? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like... It says, the, your whole body like, is full of light and no part of it is dark. Well, that, I mean, is impossible, right? For any of us to be... Right, the idea... I th- yeah, the indwelling of the Holy saying, Spirit and Christ and... No, we can't be that? perfect. Let the... I can't remember the word. Something dwell in you richly. Grace That's the, of God. It's the grace of God, word know. of God. I think it's word of God. May the love of Christ. That's it. Love of Christ dwell in you richly, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. This is a long, a little bit longer, but we're going to do it. Verse 37. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee, noticing that Jesus did not first wash before the meal, was surprised. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisee, clean... Ugh. Now then, you Pharisees, clean That's the That's what he said, little Pharisee. Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But give what is inside the dish to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, brew, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which men walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, And you, experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with the burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your forefathers who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your forefathers did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you, experts of the law, because you have taken away the key key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. When Jesus left there, the Pharisees and teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely, and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something that he might say. Went right after him. It's a pretty harsh... I mean, it's it's needed, but... You know, when I started reading this section, I couldn't really remember what was going to happen because Jesus went to eat with other Pharisees, like... Um, well, Nicodemus was one. Uh-huh. Are there more? <laughs> I just think <laughs> thought there were more. I was thinking of tax collectors. But so he just sits down and it seems like it's going kinda like well. He's reclined and eating. 
and then someone calls him out and he goes off on all the Pharisees but there was a Pharisee who invited him so maybe that Pharisee has faith the one who invited him over maybe know. or they could have been just interested or just interested in this guy's teaching yeah that okay I mean he's a rabbi mm-hmm. he has disciples he's clearly teaching God's word he's doing miracles uh, Nicodemus when he talks to Jesus he says we know that you are is it a man of God he says in John 3 mm-hmm. uh, because no one else could do these signs so there's clearly a faction of them and he's not he's not saying this to every single one individually he's saying this to the maybe group some of these Pharisees do you think maybe they were like after all of this really tough law that Jesus calling them out on they repented and turned from their ways could they have stopped being Pharisees and become believers of course they could have but you don't see that like Do you don't hear that happening it doesn't I mean even the um, what's the name of the rich man that takes Jesus off the cross Joseph of Arimathea yeah I don't think he's a Pharisee though um, but or, but anyway, you have, um, I mean, the Pharisees, what did we learn? There's like a group of them, yeah. 1,300 or something like that. Mm, yeah, a lot. And he's just calling them out in general. And it's not just, this can be applied to any church leader, all of these different things. The the idea of hypocrisy, that uh, they gave their offerings, they did their tithing, but at the same time, uh, really when it came to helping out their neighbor, they were incredibly greedy and really didn't trust God or act gratefully for the gifts that God had given to them. And the teachers of the law... They used the law not to keep people on the path towards God. They used it to weigh people down and control them and make everyone else feel inferior. And that's, you know, the law prepares our hearts for the good news about God and the things that God asks us to do as far as offerings are uh, acts of praise. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're not meant for our neighbor to say, oh, wow, look at how great that person is. It's you and I saying, oh, wow, look at how great God is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's necessary. And hmm. they're, I mean... The reaction to it isn't great. What do you mean? Well, the reaction to it is, well, let's find a way to oh. get them. <laughs> right. So, 
yeah, I guess that's just kind of one thing that surprised me. The things Jesus says, the the six woes, that doesn't surprise me because I feel like I've read that a lot and it's pretty clear what the Pharisees' errors are, so... Um, we talk about it a lot. Yeah. I guess that part wasn't surprising, but yeah, their reaction to it, because I'm trying to, like, as I read it, picture how it's going down. So he's there eating. He says these things, and in verse 45, this first reaction seems pretty calm, and maybe, like, I don't know, I was reading it sort of, sort of in a penitent way, or an embarrassed way, maybe. Like, teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Like, wow, that's really hurtful. Like, yeah. I can't believe you'd say that to me. Kind of like a like a calm, like, friends talking to each other. Like, wow, that was really hurtful, Jesus. See, I, I hear that as, oh, you're, like, clutching my pearls. I can't believe you'd say that to them. You know, that hurts our feelings, and we are the teachers of the law. How dare you insult the teacher of the law? Oh. Kind of. I see. You know, like, are you really going to condemn us, too? So he, you're saying, because like they took first, it as an, the first three are woes to the Pharisees. Yeah. Then the expert in law says, when you insult them, you're insulting us also, meaning like a different group of people. Yeah, oh, and they okay. think they're superior to them. The teachers yeah. of the law think they're superior to the Pharisees. Yeah. Okay. And so, oh, we might be included in that group. And then or the do you next really three. Do that to us? He says, yeah, experts in law, experts in law, experts. In law. So the first year for the first. Okay. Well, then, so whenever, like, because we read Acts before, whenever Paul would tell people they were being sinful it would, like, conclude with then the people got mad and threw him out of the town or stoned him or tried to, like... Well, even Jesus, when he was in... Where was that? Nazareth? Uh-huh. They tried to throw him off a cliff. Right. And here it doesn't say anything. He says all these really, really harsh things. I and th- then it sort of sounds like he stays a little longer because it doesn't say, like, then he left immediately. It says when he left there... So it's like, well, maybe he stuck around and ate the whole meal, and then it was like a really awkward like night. <laughs> but then he left. Yeah. It wasn't like they were so upset that they did this and this and this. They, I don't know, like if they were really mad, they. I mean, obviously they were because they planned. It says here they planned to catch him. Something he might say. I don't think it says at this point they wanted to kill him. But it just sounds like they're they're mad, but they're not fiery and enraged to the point of like let's take him outside and stone him for blasphemy or something yeah well in the cases of paul the whole town would turn against him mm-hmm. so paul and or and barnabas or paul and Timothy, whoever it was would be in the extreme minority mm-hmm. versus everything and here jesus is still quite popular Oh, I see. So there are the teachers of the law, but if they killed this man who everyone thought was a prophet, I mean, it wouldn't. It would be yeah. Well. It would have been terrible. <laughs> they don't have the okay. the um, 
I don't know, like the the risk versus reward here is not worth. They might have wanted to kill him. Yeah. But he's just an insulting guy right now, you know. Yeah, but they probably are insult. It hurts. It hurts when there's truth behind it. Yeah. So that's probably why they feel so. Right. At, which is interesting, upset. rather than listening to the truth and having any kind of introspection. It's, we got to get this guy, because he's speaking truth. Well, I mean, they don't say he's speaking truth, but they're... That's why I was wondering if some of them turn, because, because their reaction isn't, like, as, I don't know, violent, as I, as I would have expected it to be. It made me think that maybe some of them were, oh, you know... Maybe he's right. Maybe. The thing is, though, when you get to Jesus being crucified, you don't have anyone standing up for Jesus in that They're trial. They're probably afraid. They're so either they left the of... Sanhedrin or their faith was not enough to stand up in that situation. Which, to be fair, the disciples did not stand up for Jesus in that situation right. either. So Well, they're, if you're in this group, like it's your life, it's your job... Yeah, and it's every, your community position. <clears throat> yeah, your whole... Everyone you know, your best friends are Pharisees, and you've come up in this way. You, you're going to, like, drop everything and follow Jesus. You'd be... Well, I mean, other people do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. leave their family and face persecution and loneliness. But that, you know... This whole group that's violently opposed to Jesus, if you were in that group and you said, actually, he's right, they'd turn on you really quick, so... All right. Um, let's see. Yeah. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law are making errors. Jesus calls them out. Then they want to catch him in something he might say. That's it for that. All right, we'll move on to chapter 12 next time. Sounds good. Have a good day. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura wake up.